return to Jack's Backyard. Here's your host, Jack Holcomb. Thank you very much, and good morning once again, everyone. Good to have your company right here in the backyard as we gather to learn more about Mother Nature from 8 in the morning until 10 in the morning following Animal Radio right here on News Talk 830 WEEU. And uh, as our custom, we begin this hour by saying good morning to Master Naturalist Mike Slater. Mike, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, Jack. How are you doing? Well, pretty well. Uh, until, until this week when I, I read uh, something from Hawk Mountain, uh, it said the top portion of our lookout trail will be closed until further notice due to a ground hornet's nest next to the trail. <laughs> and, yeah, they. I think I've talked to Todd about that. I think they're going to either move the trail slightly or actually destroyed the um, yellow jacket nest now is is that the same sake. is that the same thing as the cicada killer no there's lots and lots of hornets and wasps um, the only true hornets here are considered to be the European hornets which are introduced so they're saying entomologists say we have no American true hornets mm-hmm. we have hornet like insects but uh, on the subject of hornets, wasps, bees, and the gentleman, or the lady that just called with the little yellow jacket-like insect, mm-hmm. many, many hundreds of insects mimic bees and wasps in appearance with yellow and black striping. So they look, they want to look dangerous even if they're not. So identifying a little thing, a little insect that looks like a wasp or a bee is incredibly difficult because <laughs> everyone wants to look like them. Yeah, what's a sweet bee look like? Sweet or sweat bee? Sweat bee, yeah. Um, they can be yellow and black, or some of them are green, or and some of them are just black. They're usually bees in the family Helictidae, which. If you want to know the secret of identifying if they're in that family, you have to peer at the wings and see if one main vein is shaped like the letter J. So you you do that, okay, Jack? <laughs> no. <laughs> our friend our friend George also sent us something. There's a, a new a new uh, hornet, uh, the yellow legged hornet, which is uh, found near Savannah, Georgia. And uh, it's a predator of honeybees and other native pollinators. Yeah, I I read the article that he sent. It was interesting. Hopefully they will find the nest and contain it, but they may not. It's smaller than the other European hornet we have, and it's the yellow-legged hornet is from Europe. I don't know if it's exclusively a predator on bees and or if it just occasionally takes some... Um, like that but there are other wasps that specialize in bee eating there's a whole group of little and sometimes big wasps around the world we have some here called bee wolves wolves as in as in yes wolves (laughs) as in the big furry fanged animals but they they go after bees that's their predator or cicada killers go after cicadas cricket hunters go after crickets there's wasps that specialize in eating almost anything do we see them all do I guess because they're so small and they're always flying around uh, we we just don't take time to identify them all right that 
and they can be very difficult to identify because they have the advantage of not only do non-venom or non-stinging insects want to mimic bees for protection, but in a, in any given area, bees and wasps tend to look like each other with yellow and black patterns because they have a mutual advantage of looking dangerous. So if they look dangerous to some kind of bird, once a bird's been stung, they're going to leave them alone. And, I mean, have you ever watched, I'm sure you have, hummingbirds around the feeder when there's a yellow jacket coming? Yes. The hummingbirds, because they're so small, they're really wary of getting stung. Mm-hmm. So they they back off and swing around and wait for the yellow jacket to leave. So that's why it's good to have bee guards available to put on your hummingbird feeder. Do all bees, hornets, etc., do they all sting or do they, uh, some do not? Well, all the females can sting. Okay. Males can't because the stinger is a modified ovipositor, an egg-laying tube. And the many of the smaller ones, especially their stingers that they have, are just so short that they can't penetrate our skin, mm-hmm. certainly not clothing. Mm-hmm. They're, or if they do, and a lot of them, their venom is quite different from honeybees. And then there's the whole group of innocent-sounding bees from Central and South America that make honey called stingless bees, <laughs> or um, some people, the locals we met in Costa Rica, called them angel bees. And they're, they don't sting, but what they do is when they their nest get attacked, they crawl down into the fur and bite the skin of an animal under its fur. So apparently that's very painful. So stingless sounds good, but they still defend their nests. But the ones that really sting and defend are the ones that have big nests with lots of honey in them. Yeah. They have the resources that need the defense. I guess, Lee, so you certainly have heard from people, as I have, uh, what do we do about these bees or wasps or hornets? They all sting, that kind of thing. Uh, do we try to put on the repellent or do other things to keep them away? Or do we just let them do their thing and not worry? I would say let them do their things and not worry you the putting on repellents can be useful for mosquitoes and ticks as far as bees no i wouldn't bother with that just if you find a nest with a large group of them that's what you want to avoid because those are the usually the ones that are aggressive as you know i've been out you know collecting bees and studying bees like fort indian town gap and stuff I've never been stung by a honeybee or a bumblebee. I've once got a very slight sting from a little bee I was getting out of a net. Um, Honeybees, I only get stung when I'm walking through my yard in bare feet and I kick a clover flower that has a honeybee on it. I've had more stings from honeybees on the top of my right foot than... (laughs) (laughs) And that's only like three or four over... The uh, thirty plus years we've lived here, so yeah, it's not funny, Jack. Don't don't that laugh. No, but it's 
It's it's the way it goes. I I did want to quick mention the gentleman with that thinks he had a brambling in his feeder. That's well worth hoping he has a picture of, because yes. that. I'm not sure if there's any reports ever of bramblings for Pennsylvania. There's a few reports for the eastern U.S., yeah. but that's definitely a European songbird that doesn't normally fly across the Atlantic. And I, that, see, I, I, and and you mentioning that brings up a good point of, uh, you know, if if something rare pops in, uh, you know, let us know or uh, let a, a birder know so he can pass the word and uh, verify identification mainly through photographs. Is that correct? Now nowadays with photographs for sure. Yeah. And you know, so many people have a camera in their pocket all the time with their cell phone. Well, it's worth, even if you don't want to have people come and look at the bird in your yard, just reporting it and saying, yeah, we don't have accommodations for visitors, but birders <laughs> like to know that they're around. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we really talked up a, a, a bucket full today, Mike, and I appreciate yep. everything. Thank you very much. There's always too much to talk about, but it's really great to talk to you every week. Thanks, I, Jack. I appreciate it. You have a good week. Bye. Bye-bye. Naturalist, master naturalist, Mike Slater, loaded with information, and we are so grateful for his uh, time here in the backyard. Let's move merrily along, and let's go to California and say good morning to David. David, thank you for waiting. Good morning. Oh, no trouble, uh, Jack. You know, so it was interesting to hear him, too. You, if he had stayed on, I would have asked him, um, I guess, basically the same question I'll ask you. You know, uh, if I remember right, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, all sorts of birds' eggs were starting to go uh, get brittle. Uh, yes. They were, um, you know, the birds were essentially going extinct because so many, you know, a high percentage of their eggs were so brittle that they would break before the, uh, uh, you know, they'd ever get to a, a survival stage. And uh, so um, I'm wondering about if people are feeding their birds... Um, is there like uh, eggshell, uh, you know, like uh, people will take vitamins in their normal life. Is there some way that we can feed birds uh, what they need for their, is it a calcium intake? or is Absolutely. Uh, eggshells. Crush eggshells and put them in the feeders, in with the bird food. All right. Yeah, and then... They're saying there's a bird flu going around, right? And it's hitting everything from songbirds to Seals. You know, chickens in warehouses, right? Yes. The avian, so, avian flu, yes. Right, yeah. So is there something, say like if somebody's got a back, uh, a back feeder, um, if I understand right, you don't want a big crowd of, uh, of birds because you end up like uh, spreading the avian flu. If something's flying in from somewhere and it's already got it, you don't want to have it, you know, like uh, if a robin's got it, you don't want it given over to the sparrows or something like that. So um, is there a way of having, uh, like, separate feeders to uh, uh, prevent the spread of avian flu? Avian flu does not affect songbirds. Okay. It just, it just affects the uh, uh, the chickens, the ducks, the geese, uh you know, and of course now we've, we're hearing that it affects seals. Uh, pelicans have had it, uh, so it's the it's touching a different species. But apparently, at this point, anyway, to my knowledge, uh, not songbirds. Well, 
I had heard, and I don't know if it was, it, it wasn't a nature show, but I thought I had heard maybe on the headlines of a news uh, account that it was affecting uh, a, cro- a wider range of birds. So, yeah, if you could do updates maybe in a future show, uh, because it, it would seem logical. You know, if you get a lot of fans that uh, want to feed, you know, have bird feeders and have nature in their backyards, um, but they don't want to be spreading it. Um, uh, you know, how people could help. One of the big things, I think, David, when it comes to that, and we've talked about it often on the program, because there are diseases that do affect uh, songbirds, uh, and the thing to do is to be sure that the feeder, the food you put out is dry, change it regularly, uh, have a bird bath, which is very important as well. Uh, those are the things that we can do just because moist bird food spreads disease, if indeed there is any. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, so it would be like mold in the in the bird food or something like that. Yeah, that that's probably one of the reasons I don't have any technical knowledge to deal with that. But uh, it's, right. it, I do know that the wet, the moist bird seed and whatever else is in the feeders certainly will hold uh, the germs more and and uh, provide you know the transportation of the virus to other birds. So yeah, every once in a while I used to. You know, we used to be a kind of a poor family that fed the birds, and so we didn't have the big money to, you know, to be, uh, you know, feeding them every day. And so, if there was something laying on the bottom and it started raining, uh, you know, we thought it was, uh, you know, extravagant to see people throw that away and then put in fresh. But it's probably a smart idea to do it, um, you know, to prevent. Uh, Absolutely. After a rainstorm, something. Absolutely. Hey, we'll appreciate it. Uh, like I'm saying, it might make a good, you know, future, uh, you know, series of shows, you know, uh, kind of a topic for, you know, what's, uh, like, uh, what do you, as they're migrating, uh, you know, the spread of avian flu during migration, you know, different things like that. We've been hit very hard here in this particular area with uh, poultry. Uh, and this is, I mean, it has killed millions of birds. But it's it's mainly the uh, you know chickens and turkeys and ducks and and geese that that kind of thing. Uh, so the, our and I'm talking about my our particular area here. And does it make a difference if they're range fed as opposed to um, no? Uh, you know the industrial kind of raising them both. Well, both. Yeah, it, and it is just like uh, you know as. Climate change that's been going on for years. You know, we've had like red ants coming heading north and armadillos and all sorts of things. Uh, you know, their territories expand as the earth gets warmer, and uh, you know the invasive uh, kind of creatures and, and species. So I'm wondering if the avian flu is the same way, where it uh, it maybe used to have a frost line, it could never yeah. get above. Right now, I would say, you know, I I don't know how far north uh, this goes, but we've had reports from literally all over this country and other countries as well, including South America. Right. So, good to talk to you, David. Hey, stay safe. You too. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard, right here on News Talk 830 WEEU and online 830 com. Don't forget the Sunday rebroadcast, Sunday mornings from 8 to 10. Uh, Tomorrow you'll hear last week's program, and then next week you'll hear this week's program right here. 
from the backyard. News Talk 830 WEEU and online 830WEEU.com. Let's go up to Ephrata and say good morning to Heather. Heather, thank you for waiting. Good to hear from you. Good morning, Jack. I appreciate the call. Thank you for... You've been holding for almost 25 minutes. Oh, that's all right. I just had it on speakerphone, and, you know, it's the same thing as listening to it on the radio. (laughs) So you just do your dishes and, you know, (laughs) change the bird feed, and there we go. So, yeah, um, I was going to call and say that Tori was definitely talking about a sweat bee, but then Mike Slater, he, he already confirmed that. Um, and those little things can sting and it doesn't hurt terribly, but it itches awfully afterwards. All right, Jack. Well, have a wonderful day. You too, Heather. Thank you so much for the call. Yeah. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.